Friendshipping is proud to partner with Multitude for some sweet ads. This episode is sponsored by Tab for a Cause. Tab for a Cause is a browser extension that lets you raise money for charity while doing your thing online. Whenever you open a new tab, you'll see a beautiful photo and a small ad. Part of that ad money goes toward a charity of your choice. Join Team Friendshipping by signing up at tabforacause.org slash friendshipping. I'm Jen. And I'm Trin. This, this is Friendshipping! And the theme this week is... Mm, friend group dynamics slash breakups? Yeah, defaulting to the lowest level of communication. Mm-hmm. Friendship between humans has many benefits, but sometimes there is drama and you want to call it quits. Don't write nasty subtweets or punch them in the tits. View friendship at the problem. So this question, which I'm about to tease, is about a friend group, a large friend group with uh, people that have been friends for many, many years. And two people in the group had a falling out, kind of a snowball effect. Not Their relationship is no longer positive or good. And now it's all about how do you handle that? Dun, dun, dun. Keep listening and maybe you'll <laughs> find, find out. out. <laughs> Yay. Jen, you did great. Oh, man, I love when we switch it up every now and again. Oh, shucks. It's a good time. Do you want to do the in conclusion too? No. No, no, no. Not in the same day that I did the tease. That's way. <laughs> okay, okay. We'll try this oh. another day. Yeah. Just it's good. We're mixing it up, experimenting here on the show. We've been, Jen, we've been on the show for like six years or oh, so. Oh, God. Oh, my God. You know? And so like every now and you got to keep it fresh. You got to keep it fresh in the bedroom. You know, because that's where I record. <laughs> yeah. I record in my bedroom closet. <laughs> uh, Jen, speaking of my closets, I'd like to tell you about the newest member of my family. <gasps> what? Yes. I decided to adopt a little baby Roomba. And <gasps> oh, congrats on your new bundle of joy. Thank you. I love him so much. I named him Sweep 3PO. <laughs> and and he's great. And I run him every single day. Yep. <laughs> and yep. uh and I love the Roomba, but here's the thing. I also f- like I almost said fear the Roomba. It's not that I fear the Roomba, it's more that I fear the information that I've been collecting from the Roomba, which is that I'm filthy. I feel oh, yeah. like they know they know our secrets. It's like I feel like I must be pig pen, you know, like I must have this giant dust cloud around me at all times because I swear, like I've been running it every day since I got it. It's been like maybe a week and a couple days. And I did a full on vacuum and then I ran the Roomba and it still, it still picks up so much bullshit. I know. <laughs> what do the cats think of Sweep 3PO? Great, great question. So, um, you know what? Honestly, I feel like Jen, as well as you know my cats, you probably would have guessed this, but I'm going to tell the audience. So Dargo Boogers, uh, the orange disaster, all one cat. I only have the two cats. He is uh, not pleased. So he he the first three times his tail got real puffy. He did some stalking of it, you know, but like never getting too close. And now he just kind of like goes up to the cat tree and like and kind of watches it. And Roast Beast, um, my little wee 16 year old three legged amazing. uh, It's less that I feel like she's my pet and more that I feel like we are one another's guardians through life. Uh, You know how that goes. She hasn't given a shit from the start. She just doesn't care. Wow. She just gets into the bed because she can. She figured out right away the Roomba can't get into bed and she goes to sleep and she doesn't <laughs> give a shit. And every now and again, like they'll, you know, collide and she'll just be like, 
fuck you and just kind of jump over it. That's awesome. Oh, what a great attitude. I need a little more of that swagger in my life. I agree. I, I feel like I would like to approach all of my life's problems as, you know what, if they get too close, I'm just going to jump over them. And then if I if I can't avoid them, I'm just going to hide in bed. I think that sounds like a pretty good plan. Yeah, that's really good. Mavi, my dog, she we've had a room of many years and at first she barked at it and hated it because um, that's always her reaction. Like, what is this thing? This thing is attacking us. Get it out. And now over the years, she's kind of evolved into just like general mistrust. Like she kind of watches it out of the corner of her eye or or she plays it cool. Like it's clear she's trying to pretend she's not watching it, but she's definitely watching it. Like, I'm not nervous. I'm not nervous that room is here. It's like totally fine. I'm totally cool. And it's like, mm, I, I know your anxiety signs. I can see you're a little upset by by Roomba. Our Roomba, I think I've said this in the show before, our Roomba is named Crumbs. Crumbs! Because um, we, we like to think that's what he's picking up. But actually what he's picking up is dog hair. We just didn't want to name him dog hair because that's, <laughs> that's kind of an unpleasant name. Oh, man. I love that. That's so cute. I just, I, I tried to find a robotty name because I don't know if I told you this, but my Steam Mops nickname is Moptimus Prime. And so I, I wanted, <laughs> I, I I, it's that. got a label on it now just because I don't know. I don't, I don't know why I do the, the things that I do. Does the label maker have a name? You know what? The label maker is so important to me. I really should think of a name for it. What would, what could I name the label maker? I'm going to do a little brainstorming using, using uh, the power Google. Of Google. Give me a little bit. It's like, a, it needs to be a robot, yeah, yeah. like a, help, a helpful robot that uh, spits things out that are useful. I can't think of a good name. But what's important, wait, I want to go back to Sweep through Peel real quick because I didn't finish the entirety of, of yes. my interactions with Sweep. So every time... And uh, Connell's getting a little tired of this, but I don't care. Uh, every time I turn on the robot, because I do it manually every night because I got to like, pick stuff up. I go back to that scene in A New Hope where Luke and, uh, and Leia and Han are <laughs> trapped in the garbage uh, chute and they're getting squished. Yes. And I say, 3PO, come in, 3PO. Where could he be? 3PO. <laughs> Where and then I hit be? the button and then it goes, do do, and he just flies out. Uh, and I do it like with with feeling every single time that I do it. And um, I have not grown tired of it. So, no, that's too good. Oh, that's amazing. God, I can also, I've seen that movie so many times. I can hear, Where could he I can be? hear in my voice the way <laughs> right. Luke says it. Where could he be? And I love like, <laughs> so this is, this is a completely different topic, but looking back on like movies that I used to like, you know, you know, those standard movies you watched with your family on like Thanksgiving. So it's like Star Wars, Willow, like all these things. It's so fascinating to me as a soon to be 36 year old to look back and be like, why did they allow these children to try and save the galaxy? Like, what could they possibly fucking they're know? Babies. Like, like, Luke is like 20, <laughs> 22. He lived on a farm his whole life and they're trusting him to like with the fate of the galaxy. Like, I'm so glad it worked out. Don't get me wrong. But I don't know. He's a freaking moisture farmer. Like, come on. He's like, he's never, he's never shot up. Well, I think, don't they do target, not to talk about Star Wars, but I think they do a little target practice on their yeah, moisture farm. Like, and if I'm wrong about that, I'm sure someone on the internet will tweet at I me. I don't want to hear a damn thing about Star Wars, but you can tweet at Jen Dangerous, Jen with two N's. <laughs> Star the Star Wars fandom has tried so hard over the years to get me to hate Star Wars and so far they haven't succeeded. They came pretty close in the last few years. Came pretty close. Quick uh personal anecdote time. There was a, a day in the past couple weeks where I wanted I assumed and I thought my brother was going to give me a call and reach out to me. Mm -hmm. Um it's just like a personal day in our family that is kind of important and meaningful, but I did not hear from him. 
And uh, I admit I was annoyed and hurt. I didn't text him right away, even though I really wanted to. I didn't text him at the end of the day being like, hey, why didn't you why didn't you reach out to me today? I wanted to. Man, I really wanted to. And then I thought like, no, you've had a glass of wine. And um, (laughs) wait, wait, wait to make sure that you're not going to regret this in the morning. Just because he's my brother doesn't mean I can't treat him as well as I would. Like, I would never angry text. Well, I mean, I probably would because nobody's perfect. But I would. I always try not to, like, angry text friends. So why would it be okay to angry text my brother? Um, yes. But I did text him in the morning and I let him know my feelings. I said, I was hoping to hear from you yesterday. And I assumed he was kind of ignoring me or being distant. And my the narrator in my head was getting more and more upset. And this is how it turned out. My brother goes, oh. I thought you were going to call me. <laughs> oh, I think that always the way. I know. I know. So, yeah, I was uh, I was building up all my anger. I was writing all these arguments. And then, of course, the truth completely disarmed me, <laughs> which yeah. is why I had, to sh- I had to share this on the show, because just because he's my brother doesn't really give me license to treat him crappy. And I, I really my brother and I are close. Like we, we get along pretty well. Hence why I almost angry texted him. I thought I had license to do that. But I had to share this because Aren't we so mean to ourselves in our own head, Trey? Yes. Oh my <laughs> Man. god. Yeah, and he in uh he I, I said like, oh, I I didn't know we had that plan. Like I thought you were you were gonna call me. And he even offered me this little kernel of kindness, which was, hey, if I ever like don't text you back, it's just because I'm not near my phone during the day. Aww. And that that also <laughs> made me feel so silly because I was like Oh, yeah, that's completely reasonable. Uh, You're not on your phone 24-7. Yeah, that makes sense. But so, Jen, it just goes to show you how. So first of all, the fact that like, you know, you and I give advice and then we and then it finally comes down to it and we have to take it. And it's just like, God damn it. I hate it. I know. I know. I made that pill and now I got to swallow it. What the fuck? And the other thing I think it goes to show you, I love this story because and, and maybe this is not true for everybody, but I forget that I can treat my family like grown adult people, <laughs> you know, like I, if I were out of touch with my brother on a day that we were supposed to be in touch, like, I don't think I don't think it would have occurred to me that day to be like, oh, I should use my words and say something out loud to my brother. Like, I think there's a part of us that like with the people who are closest to to us, it's not that we like take it for granted that they kind of know what we're thinking. It's that they're so close to us that we feel like they have a line in that maybe our friends don't. But the truth is that they are completely separate. And then he said, hey, just it goes without saying, you can call me literally anytime. Oh, and yeah. I wanted to say, like, that that doesn't go without saying for me. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, I actually needed to hear that. Like, it doesn't go without saying. Just in case on the off chance my brother is listening to this, even though I know he's not. Gus, you cannot call me at any time. <laughs> exactly. See? <laughs> Let me tell you real quick, Trent, about the last time I called my brother unexpectedly a couple weeks ago without being like, hey, let's catch up tonight or like without any preamble. And this was why. So my sister-in-law, his wife, added to the group text with me and my husband. So she sent over a photo of my brother with a tattoo on his arm. And my brother does not have tattoos. So I immediately call call. I was like, this is urgent. I need to know what happened. Yeah. And then I, I also had zoomed in on the photo and I was like, this is one of those fake, fake, cool looking tattoos that looks very real. I could tell it was a deep fake video (laughs) and I was right, but he is thinking about getting one. Um, So I would say that is, that wasn't urgent. I need to call you right now. Cause I was, I was like, oh my God, this would be so unexpected and delightful. I I love it. Wait, so, so you guys have a group chat for your family? Um, no, it's like me 
my brother, my sister-in-law, John, and my dad. And um, yeah, it is cute. And uh, it's hilarious seeing the things my dad, my dad like figured out um, like emojis recently. And that's always, (laughs) it's always funny. Um, but yeah, we don't, it's not like, like it's very light. Like I'll send a picture of Mavi. They'll send a picture of their, of their kids. That's really funny, Jen, because the exact same thing happened to me when I moved to Texas. Like I have never been a texter with my mom at all, but she specifically requested like pictures from Texas. And for whatever reason, it made me feel less weird to have my brother CC'd. So now I have this bizarre group chat with just me, my mom and my brother, which I I would never have expected that would have occurred. Like if you asked me like a month and a half ago, I would have been like, no, the fuck. Thank you. But here we are today. (laughs) Right. Um, But speaking of strange group chat dynamics, uh, here we are in this question. I don't remember who reads this week. Do you? I think it's you. I think you're up. Hello, Jen and Trin. I'd love some advice about a friendship breakup that I and several of my other friends find ourselves stuck in the middle of. Two of the people in this group, let's call them Ingrid, she, her, and Francis, she, her, recently had a friendship breakup. The actual event that caused their breakup was fairly minor. The truth is, I honestly feel like they both have a good point in what happened and they both behaved badly. It really wasn't about one thing. There was a history of fairly mutual wrongdoing that led to this point. Both friends live with very different mental health issues. All of their fights over the years could easily be summarized as one of them has a button that shouldn't be pushed. All of their friends know when it's appropriate to call them out and when they're really just venting and need some space. Except that the other friend who just can't seem to help but push the button. It's been years of this. Neither one of them is perfect, but who is? Most of our friend group is pretty good at accepting them, and all of us really, for who they are. But these two, their worst mood issues just don't blend well, no matter what. After Ingrid and Francis's most recent fight, Francis initially asked to be left off any group texts with Ingrid. The main way we all talk is through a group text, so it's fractured the group into two different chats. Well, actually, three chats. One with neither of them in it, one with Francis in it, and one with Ingrid in it. Obviously, this isn't as organic to maintain. We hardly group chat at all anymore. Ingrid was ready to be done with Francis for good and blocked her from all contact. It's a little awkward for everyone. I think everyone misses the group chat, but sometimes these things happen. Now Frances has remorse for how things went down. She feels like she's the one being left out of the group chat and doesn't realize it's mostly just dissolved. She's lonely and sad about it. She claims that she doesn't really think it's possible to repair their friendship, but she'd like for it to be less scorched earth so that it's not as difficult for everyone to deal with. The problem is that Ingrid is just done done. She doesn't want Frances in her life at all. And... She considers it a huge violation if we tell Frances anything about what's going on in her life. How can we best approach Frances about accepting that Ingrid isn't going to mend any bridges here? How can I help Frances feel less lonely and sad about this situation? I feel like we're doing the right thing by respecting Ingrid's no-contact way of dealing with this, but are we letting her off the hook too easily? Thanks so much. Pronouns she, her. Okay, so before we even start, let's do a brief recap of who is who, because we ended up renaming them, so it's slightly easier for you guys to remember. So Francis, remember F as in force, as in the unstoppable force. 
So she's the one Francis initially asked to be left off any group chat with Ingrid, but now she doesn't want it to be scorched earth. So she's the unstoppable force. So she's very, very reactive. She's constantly moving. And then we've got Ingrid, I for immovable object. And the immovable object is like, okay, you said we're done for good. We're done for good. We're done, done. The earth has been scorched. So she is the immovable object. And I don't think either of these viewpoints are wrong. I just feel like, you know, they are who they are. Yeah. Yeah. So Francis is showing interest in mending some bridges. And Ingrid is like, nope, nope. I like what the asker said here about respecting boundaries, because Trin, would you agree? That's what this is, a boundary that you respect. Boundaries city. You don't have to agree with their boundary, but you do have to respect it and abide by it. Like when someone says, don't ever contact me again, that's what you do. And it hurts and it sucks and it feels unfair, but uh, it doesn't doesn't really matter. You know, it's a boundary. It's a boundary you just you just have to follow, really. Jen and I like to say that you should always default to the lowest level of contact. So if somebody says that they only want text messages, but you want to text message and you want to do video calls every single week, you're going to just stick to the text messages because you're going to default to the lower level of communication because that is is most comfortable. This sounds like the friend group is splintering off and that's never any fun. But I want the asker to remember that what you're feeling right now are growing pains. Your friend group is evolving. It's not breaking down, uh, but it is changing. And that is 100% necessary because we have these two people in the group, Francis and Ingrid, who are toxic for each other. And it seems like your group was very happy-go-lucky. Everybody was good before this. But their relationship was always very fraught. So this was always going to happen. There are people who are toxic. Absolutely. But I would say more often than not, people are toxic for a person. They are toxic for one another. The way that you describe this is their, their mental issues, they don't blend well. They, they don't complement each other very well. Um, they, they push each other's buttons because that's the way that they do. This sounds very necessary. And I'm glad that you are respecting these boundaries. And, and we think that you should definitely keep respecting the boundary. Yeah. And Trin, I really like what you said about growing pains, because I know I know this is probably painful and awkward and it's making you sad about the way things should be. But this is not rare, <laughs> especially in a larger friend group. It's certainly not rare or uncommon for this to happen. Like, why do you think every reality TV show is about a group of people in an intense situation? Right. That's because that that's the guaranteed recipe for drama and interest. And like, no, I hope your friend group does not actually resemble a reality TV show. But uh, but the point remains that even the like chillest laid back friend group will face challenges like this. I feel like in general, human beings think that the natural state of friendships is that we are friends. We are all 12 of us friends forever. And that is how we do. But actually, when you have a cohesive friend group, that is a very magical, special, unique thing that is most often temporary. Certainly, we've got people who have been, you know, groups of friends that have been friends since the beginning of time. But those groups always face challenges. There will be members of the group who have a partner who comes into the group and then the partner and they break up. And then you got to kind of figure out that dynamic. It is way more common to be in a breakdown of a friend group than it is to be in a stable friend group. And I feel that the only way to deal with this is to be very grateful for the times when it's working super well. 
and then accepting when it doesn't anymore. I mean, imagine how many group chats you've been in in your life and how many different friend groups you've been in in your life. And again, there are people who have that elementary school group of friends and they stick together forever, but that is absolutely the exception and not the norm. And so you're finding yourself in an extremely normal place, a normal place that sucks. Lots of things that are normal suck and are terrible (laughs) to deal with. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I remember when I saw uh, a physical therapist about some of my back problems my back and neck problems, uh, the way he explained it to me was like what was going on with me was like, uh, this is common and it's bad. And I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah, I, that's language I can understand. Like, yeah, a lot of people have this and it's bad for a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, 100 percent. And I hate to scare people who are not in their 30s yet because it's like, oh, you know, your body starts breaking down when you're in your 30s. But, you know, I, you do find issues with your body every now and again, and then you go get it fixed and then you get it. It's kind of like constantly repatching the Frankenstein. You know, it's like, OK, all right, yep. my, my hand, I'm just going to put on a, a new hand from a, a different corpse. I guess this is how this is going to be. Um, and it's very similar uh, with friend groups. So let's talk practically about how we handle this. I think you are already on the right track. It is really difficult to maintain three different group chats, and it doesn't surprise me that those things are breaking down. But I feel like it might be time to give Francis a better idea of exactly like what's happening, because it sounds like and Jen, correct me if I'm wrong on the Francis versus Ingrid, because they're very similar. So it's difficult to kind of. Francis is thinking about maybe reaching out, getting back friends in the friend group. Ingrid has closed the door and said, no, we're done. No contact. And Francis has not fully agreed to that, which is my understanding of this question. And now the asker and the friend group are kind of dealing with, okay, well, what do we say to Francis to get to get Francis to understand like the door is closed? And I think you just have to be really clear. If you've been dancing around the issue and just being like, oh, Ingrid just needs a little time, et cetera, et cetera. Don't don't do that anymore. Uh, You know, she's an adult. She can handle it. And if she can't, well, uh, the hope is that she uh, is in therapy because you did mention that she has mental health issues. And also be really clear that it's not that you are all hanging out with Ingrid. It's not like there's some party going on that Francis isn't invited to. It's that you are all in these growing pains in this evolution situation where you are figuring out where boundaries are and and, and how you're going to deal with this. So I think it's okay to tell Francis that you are in a transition period and you are trying to sort this out. I can tell that you don't have any real answers for Francis other than Ingrid said she doesn't want to be in contact. And that's it. That's the only thing you need to say is that Ingrid has figured out that this particular friendship is toxic for her. And I think you can even say it in those terms that and and I would imagine based on everything you told me in the question that at some level Francis has to know that she and Ingrid don't mesh well. If this is an ongoing issue and they are constantly bickering with each other, it's just simply a a toxic dynamic. There are toxic people. There are toxic dynamics. This is a toxic dynamic. And being really clear that the friend group also doesn't want to put up with it anymore. It's not just Ingrid. It's that you all agree that keeping the two of them apart is pretty is the healthy way to be. So next time Francis kind of approaches the idea of getting in contact with Ingrid, Like Trin said, no dancing around it, no wiggle room. You can gently and firmly say, 
Um, yeah, that door is closed. Yeah, it must be. I know it must be painful. I know this hurts. But yeah, Ingrid says no contact. So no contact is, is what we all abide by. You can make it clear you're not like taking sides here unless you are, which, you know, that's a different question. But you aren't taking sides and you would do the same thing for Francis if Ingrid asked. Someone puts up a boundary, you respect it. And, you, and that's what you can say. Don't speculate on what could happen. Don't yes. say something like, yeah, maybe in the future she'll change her mind. Or, yeah, maybe maybe down the line you can all be friends again. No, don't, don't speculate. Don't try to predict the future. Just say what you know to be true, which is that Ingrid said no contact. And then you shrug it off and you say, oh, well, no contact for you. <laughs> right. And it may be that Francis says, well, what? Well, I just feel like maybe one day in the future Ingrid will change her mind. And then you respond with... That's irrelevant right now, because right now, Ingrid said no contact. And until further notice, that's just the way it's going to be. And talking about what may happen in the you know far future isn't helpful. And it's not healthy to kind of... I also don't want Francis to fixate on putting this friendship back together. And, and it sounds like she is fixating on it because she thinks that her and Ingrid breaking up is the cause of a lot of problems for other people. And in, in, in a way, that's kind of true. Um, the breakup of Francis and Ingrid kicked off a reconfiguration of the friend group. But the friend group wasn't configured correctly if these two people who honestly hate each other on a certain level had to interact constantly. Yeah, that's not good. <laughs> right? So... I understand that it it does hurt the group to not be together, to not have that that poppin' uh, group chat happening. I, I understand that that doesn't feel good. But maybe what you say to Francis and what you say to yourself is, this wasn't healthy to begin with, and this was necessary, and you two never really got along, and you are always pushing each other's buttons. At the very least, a nice long distance apart is very, very healthy. And let's keep our heads there. Let's not worry about what may happen after the distance. Let's focus on what we do during the distance, which is maybe you hang out with Francis one on one. Maybe there are small, smaller groups of the group that like want to hang out and go out with Francis. Maybe there are like a group of like four of you go out with Ingrid. We don't post on Instagram. We don't do any of that stuff to make anybody sad. I know that having social media rules in a friend group sucks. And and now that we're all you know getting vaccinated, I'm assuming y'all are vaccinated and, and going out and, and having a party time, which is great because hell yeah, vaccinations. But in order to have the smallest amount of drama possible, let's not put anything in either of their faces if we can help it. I agree. You don't want to stoke this fire accidentally. I wonder, Trin, if Francis, Francis being the person that wants to reach out again, if Francis is maybe receiving mixed messages about what to do. I wonder if there's anyone else in the friend group who was like, hey, Francis, it's so annoying why Ingrid just won't like talk to you or won't respond to you. She should try to talk this out. Like she should she should meet you in the middle and try to figure it out. And that is after Ingrid said, I want no contact. Like, that's that's really uncool. And I'm curious what the rest of the group thinks. Like, is it time to consolidate your messaging? Like, are you all on the same page? Like, hey, we all agree. No contact means no contact. And we should respect that no matter who it comes from. Honestly, I feel like that has to be part of the case. Or Francis is, is way more into this than, than we thought. But I feel like Francis may be getting encouragement from somebody in the group. And I can understand why, because I, I, I'm going to call him a third party, even though we're all in the same group. 
But I can understand why a third party within that friend group might be like, yes, the way to solve this is to make these two people who are so entirely not suited for one another, we need to force them to hang out. That sounds like a solution. <laughs> like I can... <laughs> And, and I get it because because what you're doing is you're going back to, OK, so the problem was they broke up. No, that wasn't the problem. The problem is that they were friends with one another to begin with. Like we have to we have to make sure that the whole group knows the source of the problem. And it's not that Francis sucks or that Ingrid sucks or something like that. The problem is that the friend group had an unhealthy dynamic because it contained two people who were incredibly toxic for one another. Yes. Nothing good can come from trying to force a mismatch. And you can say that out loud to, to the friend group if you need to. I hope the asker knows that they can say things like, yeah, some people are just incompatible. And that's that. And Ingrid and Francis may have very well had some great times together. Whenever I think about a toxic dynamic, a toxic friendship, I have this one particular friendship that I had in my like high school years and early 20s. And I would like to believe that individually, she and I are actually like decent people. But together, we were fucking awful. Yep. <laughs> like, yes, you just know? bad for each other. Yeah. yeah. It, and it's like any we on the show, we like to compare friendships to romantic relationships sometimes because that can be how fraught they sometimes become is that, you know, these emotions are involved. And and we also, you know, we're taught by by stories and media that friends are forever BFF. Bros before hoes, sisters before misters. I don't know what a gender neutral version of this will be, but I will think one up and I will come back to you, audience. But that's not true. Really prioritize your own mental health and safety and comfort first and then decide who gets to share in that with you. And man, Ingrid and Francis, you can't share in that with one another. It doesn't sound like you can. It doesn't sound like it would be very fun if they tried to repair. Yeah. I mean, you just, you already, you, you it's just, you, you, you know it's not going to go well. You just know it. You just know it. The asker was very clear that this has been an incredibly <laughs> longstanding issue. Yes. So again, when you talk to the group, make sure that they know the problem isn't the breakup. The problem was the friendship. <laughs> Yeah. You know, Trin, sometimes on the show we say life is long and other times we say life is short. Uh, this is a life is short scenario. Life is too short to spend time um, trying to untangle something that cannot be untangled. I agree. And Francis wants to believe right now that life is long and we will repair this in time. But Francis needs to focus on what she's feeling right now, because let's also talk about Francis's uh, reactivity. So Francis was the one who first scorched the earth, and then she was the one who wanted to repair it. So this sounds like Francis is extremely emotionally reactive, whereas Ingrid will take something and hold on to it, which is why unstoppable force, immovable object. That is not a good dynamic and clearly never has been. It also kind of sounds like just because we have more information on Francis than Ingrid, to me, and Jen, maybe maybe you got a different read on this, it kind of sounds like the asker would like to take sides and that the side they would like to take is Ingrid. Yeah, I could see that. And that's OK. <laughs> it's OK if you like one of them better than the other. Sometimes it's OK to take sides. <laughs> yeah. 
Like, this might be the time where you realize that Ingrid's obstinance is actually a big problem within your personal relationship with her, or that Francis's reactivity makes things very difficult to have conversations about things that matter to you. Either way, whether you take a side or you don't, all of those things are okay. So just listen to yourself and to your natural instincts and to to what feels comfortable and safe to you. And listen to the person who's saying no. Because no is so much more important than please and thank you, (laughs) you know? No is so important. No, no is not starting point for negotiation or debate. A no is a no. And we've got a no. We've got a firm no. We've got an N-O right here, and it's coming from Ingrid. So let's talk about some practical scripts. Because we talked a little bit about the, like, 5,000-foot view, so we're going to zoom in a little bit. Because the first people that you talk to are going to be the friend group and or Francis. So you choose one of those. Ingrid, you don't need to talk this through because you know where Ingrid stands right now. There is no conversation to be had. We are not going to say, Ingrid, would you please be nice? No, 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 no. Are you super, super sure? Are you super (laughs) duper sure? Yes, I'm sure. And, And don't make someone reinforce their boundaries. Right. And again, if Ingrid ends up changing her mind, Uh, That's a different conversation. Honestly, if Ingrid ended up changing her mind and she were my friend, I would say, are you sure you're changing (laughs) your mind, dude? Because let's go over the history. But again, Ingrid is not, Ingrid knows what's up. So let's talk about the group first. Okay. So I, I have no idea how many people are in this group, but in the group chat that does not include Francis and Ingrid, So if you all haven't talked this through without them yet, now is definitely the time. And I think the first thing you say is, hey, folks, I know that we've been dancing around this for some time, but I think that the time has come for us to have this conversation. I think we need to be productive and talk about Ingrid and Francis. We've we've, we've, we've dodged it by having our own group chat, but it is time now. And I understand that Francis wants to be back in touch, but Ingrid has given us a very clear boundary and we need to respect it. So I just want to make sure that we're all on the same page here, that we're not trying to mend this this bridge. We are trying to help put up the fence, you know? Trin, what if the friend group is like 80 people? <laughs> oh, no. Oh, <laughs> no, God. that's not possible. I just think it would be funny if like if you use WhatsApp, it says like so-and-so is typing. Um, oh, and I'm, I'm, in a, I'm in a WhatsApp group thread and the only time like more people are overlapping and typing at the same time is when we're talking about celebrities. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, I know. I really hope it's not like three dozen people because that's going to be harder to like, cons- again, consolidate your messaging sort of thing. But let's assume that it's like average friend group size. So like five to 12 people, I feel like is the average of like when you talk about a group. And let's say somebody disagrees with you. Let's just say that some some guy, we're going to call that, who's some guy? Uh, Jeff. Jeff sounds like some guy. Jeff. Uh, Jeff, Jesus Christ, Jeff, get your shit together. God damn it, Jeff, again with this? So let's say some Jeff decides to say, you know, actually, I feel like they could mend this. And I feel like we should encourage them to be friends again because it's going to be way easier for all of us. You know, Francis wants to to make up. So I feel like we should encourage Francis. And I think the very clear answer to that is no. (laughs) Yeah. No, Jeff. Sorry, Jeff. You're wrong. Ingrid said no. And when someone gives a hard no, you have to respect that. And even if you don't want to. Sorry, Jeff, you're wrong about this. You're always fucking wrong about this, Jeff. God 
damn it, Jeff. And and I would also say that that gives you information about Jeff. Because let's say you want to lay down a personal boundary in this friend group. You would want that boundary respected. And if it gets to that point, I think you should say that to Jeff. Be like, hey, Jeff, if I had a personal problem within the group and I put down a boundary, I would hope that you would respect that boundary. And it sounds like you don't want to do that for Francis. And it feels to me like you don't want to do that for Ingrid, which makes me feel like you won't respect my boundaries. This is such an easy gift to give Ingrid, to give her the space that she's clearly asking for. So let's do that. And when in doubt, simplify. Break it down to the tiny parts, which are Ingrid said she doesn't want contact with with Francis. And that's that. Because, like, you don't need to get into the weeds. And I would try to avoid getting into little micro arguments like, well, but one time Ingrid said this, another time Francis said that. And the headline here, the most important part is that Ingrid said no contact. That is the current boundary that has been laid out. And if that changes, we can trust Ingrid to tell us. But that has not changed. Um, And don't let anyone accuse you of starting to stir the pot or cause drama, because I believe you are doing the opposite. You are being uh, a responsible adult. Yes, 100 percent. And the pot didn't need to be stirred. Okay, like the pot was already like, oh, it's bubbling. You know, when you get you get into like an above ground pool and it's like like eight people and and you all like you all walk in the same direction around the pool and you make a whirlpool <laughs> yes yeah it's like one of the, my favorite things uh, so to fun. do as a kid great yeah exactly that was what was happening here it was already stirred like you you had the wrong ingredients in there ingrid and francis do not need to be friends and it's just very very clear um, man, I feel like that that might be all of it. Jen, do you have anything you want to add before we wrap this shit up? Um, I no. <laughs> <laughs> Ow. I just I hurt myself. I was laughing so hard. I like <laughs> I yanked on my headphone and then it pulled on my ear. Jen, you were funny and it hurt me. Um, okay. Uh then let's let's wrap this up. In conclusion, The problem was not the breakup. The problem was that Francis and Ingrid are toxic for one another. And right now, Ingrid is saying no, and we are going to follow that no all the way down. And if Ingrid changes her mind, we'll we'll deal with that when it happens. But I think that this overall is good news. You folks don't have to deal with Ingrid and Francis being mean to each other constantly. This is so much more healthy, and I feel that you should encourage this healthy, healthier dynamic going forward. Growing pains don't feel good. Evolving, growing, changing. It sucks to be on another goddamn personal journey of growth. Those are terrible. Well, great news. You're on one right now. Uh, And don't try and jump off, okay? Stay on this train. Let it take its course. Because this is you all sorting out a healthier dynamic for the future. And I think that that's it, right? That's all. Yeah, that's it. Personal growth journeys are like the Rainbow Road uh, racetrack in Mario Kart. Um, It sucks. It sucks. And sometimes they make you nauseous. And sometimes you just fall off the fucking edge. And guess what? Some cloud picks you up and puts you right back on that fucking Rainbow Road. It's the worst. (laughs) And also, don't pick Toad. Toad's my character. Oh, I like Yoshi. This has been Friendshiping with Jen and Trin. If you would like to ask us a question, please do. There are two avenues that you may take to ask us a question. One is our website, friendshipingpodcast.com. There's a tab on the top that says get in touch and you can send us a question there or simply email us, friendshipingpodcast at gmail.com. 
If you'd like to follow us on Twitter or Twitch, honestly, really, Twitter is the only place where we talk. So at Do Friendship. Thank you, Ian Parman, for editing. Thank you, Lauren Gallagher, for your design work. Thank you so much, Molly Lewis, for the theme song that you wrote, created, and sing. And thank you, Monica Verma, our agent. And thank you, audience, for listening. You're welcome for talking. Do friendship at the problem. Trin, should Jen. I try? Should I try and tease this one? You always do. Oh my god, a great I would love it if you would. Okay, I'm sorry, not... I got so enthusiastic, I jumped all <laughs> over you. But like, I just, I, I'm very, yeah. Go lower uh. your expectations tremendously. Never. Okay. <laughs>